Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter, Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Hey, I'm ex- I know I always say that I'm excited for the shows because I always am, you know. I, I really uh, am because we, we pick and choose, uh, you know, our guests and we just get the cream of the crop. And, you know, it's always to win. It's easy to win when you, you know, work with the right people and whatnot. And today is no exception. Um, I am super inspired and impressed with our guest today. Uh, she's got a new film that um, is coming out on the 8th of February, and it's fantastic. It's a romantic comedy, um, but not what you would normally think. It, it goes in a different direction. And Danny, my wife, and I watched it the other night and just loved it so much. Uh, she also has a uh, she's she's a big uh, she has a, a book that's out. Um, and has all kinds of things going on that we're going to talk about. And without further ado, I would like to welcome Mrs. Naomi McDougall-Jones. Naomi. Hi. Thank you? you so much for having me. I'm great. How are you? I am doing well, doing doing very, very well. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was a little nervous about this. My wife, before she left work this morning, um, she's like, "You're, you're uh, the, the big show with Naomi's uh, on from the film we watched, right?" I said, "Yeah, today." And she goes, "Well, don't use the word gal, whatever you do. And I, said, <laughs> I will not. I have a post-it note right here on my board." And uh, she's like, "She will Which not handle that." Almost but you will say it. Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna try real hard not to. Um, no, I recently, uh, I did not know, and I recently discovered that's not an appropriate thing to say to somebody. And uh, it's it's one of, you know, I'm always trying to self-improve and whatnot. That's, you know, nothing wrong with personal growth. Um, Absolutely I'm, I'm on that kick lately. Hey, <laughs> this, first, I want to, uh, let's talk about the film first. Uh, Bite Me is the name of the film, and I adored this film. Uh, it, it was fantastic. I uh, I laughed. I I gotta admit, Naomi, I got a little period-eyed at the you know the uh-huh. there. <laughs> I did. Thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah, I you know I I just my wife was kind of joking because she's like you know there's a character in this that kind of reminds me of uh, the stories I've heard about you when you were younger, and I'm like. <laughs> I never worked for the IRS. What are you talking about? She's like, no, the <laughs> villain. And I'm like, the villain? That guy? And I don't want to give anything away, but I'd like to come up at, um You ran away crying. That's all good. That's all good. I loved it. <laughs> Very satisfying. What a great film. That I is. see. What a great film. Now, you wrote this and uh, produced it and, and starred in it and whatnot. Um, first off, I'm not in the film business. I'm a painter by trade, so I am enamored with the whole mythology of, of film production and especially indie film. 
Um, but since I started doing the show, I kind of learned a little bit of how a sausage is made. And I have to say my hat goes off because I couldn't do this. This is making a movie is a big deal, man. Yeah, it Miss Indy is not for the faint of heart. I did. I've made two. It's <laughs> <Wow. laughs> probably taken decades wow. off my life, but I've made them. That's amazing. It is amazing. You know, piece <laughs> of painting, that's nothing. You know, that's a Tuesday. That ain't no big deal. Well, making I mean, a film, this that, could be so. a couple year process or something. You know what I mean? Well, more than a couple. This this film took uh, four years, start to finish. Mm. Really? Yeah. really? Let me ask you this. Yeah. The spark of the idea, because you wrote this, did you just wake up one day? Were you driving in the car? How, <laughs> how did it happen? Do you remember when it happened, when the, the, the spark of the idea for it? So it, um, it was sort of the, the convergence of a couple of different things. So one was that I was acting on the set of Boardwalk Empire one day and uh, got to chatting with one of the extras. And it was a very long shoot day. And over the course of this day, she revealed to me that she uh, identifies as a vampire. And I was like, what? (laughs) And uh, also over the course of the 13 hours, I learned that there is a, in fact, a global community of people who – believe that they need to either feed on blood or feed on energy to stay healthy. So they don't believe that they'll die. They don't believe they're supernatural, but they believe that like in order to be sort of at peak health, they need to, to feed on blood or energy. Um, and I became completely fascinated by this and went home and fell hard down the YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> community. And, uh, just became so fascinated by them and by the characters of the people in this community and also sort of inspired by them in a way because, you know, this is a pretty extreme lifestyle. I mean, they, they, absolutely they wouldn't call it a lifestyle. Um, and, and a lot of them, you know, are disowned from their families, um, get pushed to sort of the fringes of society. And I, and I, I just became kind of inspired by, by a group of people who are willing to live their truth. So um, with such conviction, even at the risk of really alienating themselves from a lot of people. Um, and so there was, so I, I, I wanted, I, I became obsessed with them. <laughs> about them. Uh, simultaneous with that, I happened to be getting audited. Um, so there was that piece. Um, my audit, my auditor was not as cute as uh, Christian Colton is. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I've, I've always loved romantic comedies so much. Um, but they've taken a real nosedive since about the two thousands. And now have sort of descended into this like right. Catherine Heigl fluff land. But they, but like, if you look back at the rom-coms from the eighties and nineties, they were a lot of them were really just great movies um and they were smart and they were genuinely funny and um so i really wanted to write um a romantic comedy that was smart and funny and just a good movie but also kind of brought back that um the joy of the genre which which i have taken so much joy from myself well 
you did an amazing job. Like I said, it's one of the things that I um, like, and a lot of people are surprised to know this. I don't mind a good romantic comedy. I like an emotional roller coaster. I like to, to mm-hmm. look at art and, and be moved by it. And people yeah. are like, really? We just figured you watched movies about zombies. I like a good <laughs> movie about a zombie. There's not a lot of them, um, but I don't mind, yeah. you know. But, yeah, uh, you know, I don't listen to just one kind of music. I like all kinds of music. But this was a fantastic yeah, well, film, and it really did hearken. I, I don't want to say, I don't want people to think, well, it's dated. It seems, no, not at all. This was very fresh, very new. Nothing else out there like it. And I just really enjoyed the time watching it. It was very entertaining. Thank you. And, and, and that's good art to one, me. One, one, thank you. And one way I would pitch this film right now is that it's, it's a film about, that's fundamentally about joy and love. And mm-hmm. it's fun. And I think we could all use that right about now. <laughs> I feel so bad that I'm marketing like a drama at this moment, you know, but it like, we could all use an escape into uh, some joy and fun for an hour and a half right about now. Oh, fantastic. And, you know, there's so many things um, that, that are, are not even part of the whole, uh, you know, vampire, vampiric setup and whatnot. Um, we've, all had, we've all dated that person that our friends, you know, didn't want us to date. And we had to not only deal with a, a blooming relationship, but, but they're BS too, you know. Um, it, it was yeah. It, it just hit on a lot of uh, a lot of notes that that I I got, you know. It wasn't um, incredibly artsy where I had to you know take notes and figure do a flowchart and figure it out. Um, <laughs> I don't enjoy movies like that. I really don't. No. Um, but you know, this was this was great. The sets were fantastic. The extras, the people in it, everybody did a, a bang-up job. Um, fantastic. You know, I have yeah, the cast robot now. I don't know where you got that, but <laughs> I want one. Yeah, we big um, demand for stuffed robots. Uh, we, we've looked into the manufacturing because everyone everyone wants a stuffed robot now. Yep. See, there you go. You started a trend. Side <laughs> um, revenue stream. Sell them with a T-shirt on it, and you'll be a millionaire. Yeah. A millionaire. Yeah. It'll be fantastic. Now, uh, the film's great. It's coming out. People can pre-order now? They can. So it's available for pre-order on uh, iTunes and Apple TV, both in the U.S. and internationally. And then it's out, out every 8th. Nice. Nice. Now, I know the world's weird right now. Um, Are you guys going to have a little get-together when it releases, or have you already done something like that? So we... We first released the film on what we called the Joyful Vampire Tour of America. Um, so this this is the digital release right now, the, the, the premiere, which is so exciting okay. that a, a wider swath of people get to see it. But in the summer of 2019, um, when such things were still possible, we actually uh, moved into an RV for three months and drove 13,001 miles around the United States. And we did 51 screenings in 40 cities in 90 days. Oh my goodness! I um, had no idea about any of this. That's amazing. <laughs> it oh, was cool. Bananas and the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and because the film is about joy, and also it's it's about seeing past our differences to our to our common humanity, and and you know letting being brave enough to let your freak flag fly and all these things. 
we um, that we didn't just do screenings, but after we invited the audience to come in costume if they wanted, dressed however made them feel most joyful. We were in costume. And um, and after every screening, we threw what we called a joyful vampire ball, which was like part costume party, wow. part community building event, part let your freak flag fly moment. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, I'm over <laughs> on your website right now, um, NaomiMcDougallJones.com. And um, I don't know, folks, why we don't have a link to that on our show page. Uh, we will. That will be changing. We will definitely have a direct link to that uh, as soon as the show's over here. I'm going to. Um, talk strongly to somebody about that. Uh, no, it's going to be me. <laughs> and now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www dot jamie rocks dot us www dot j a m i e r o x x dot us my love shack apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.love. S-H-A-C-K-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y dot com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. Ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime. And treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beattie, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. 
A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a nonprofit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rockscare, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Um, but anyway, I'm looking at a picture. You look very, you know, very nice and everything. On a, on a, sitting on a sofa, you got your cowboy boots on. Uh, you know, very, <laughs> very cool. But. All I, you know, and then, and then, of course, I, I remembered in Boardwalk Empire your character and whatnot. I'm going to rewatch that and try to figure out who the extra that uh, was the vampire was. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I don't know. That's that's a long. That, that could be uh, an adventure. Could be anyway, a long project. I, I was going to ask yeah. you. Don't seem the type that does vampire drag on a daily basis in a different city every day. You know, um, was that that had to be challenging. Oh no, it was super fun. Um I, I don't cool. I don't generally wear vampire drag. Um but I so in the film I play the lead character, as you know, who is a vampire. Um and who is very, very unlike me, probably the most unlike me character I've ever played. She has blue hair and a facial tattoo and wears <laughs> uh black ple- pleather and uh, combat boots and um is a very fierce, ferocious human um, and mm-hmm. and playing her was one of the most liberating experiences of my life because she is someone who does not care what other people think of her I mean she of course as all people like that do she of course deeply cares what people think of her but right. her persona is that she doesn't <laughs> care um, and so when I and, and I'm somebody who is very nice to people makes them like me uh, you know, I, I, I like to a think that I'm a strong, a strong person and I am, but, uh, also I, I'm, I'm quite sociable. And so preparing to play Sarah, I, I had the, the blue hair for about a month before we, we shot because we wanted it to look a bit faded out. Um, and right. then we were, we were practicing a lot with the facial tattoo to get it right. And so for a month, I actually dressed as her and with my blue hair and my facial tattoo, uh, walked around New York City. And it was a, it was a life-changing experience (laughs) because I, I made my, I forced myself not to, not to do the work of making people like me. Um, Like I remember this one time I was in Chipotle and I, I like made myself be mean to the lady behind the counter. And it was so painful to me. I wasn't mean to her. I just like didn't (laughs) smile or whatever. Um, Right. Right. And because it's so goes so against my nature. And, but it, but so it was like very painful for like a couple of weeks, but then I hit this point where people were also so aggressive towards me because I looked that way, which mm-hmm. I'd never experienced before. Like people would come up to me, would I may mean, just be like minding my own business and people would come up to me and, and like 
make rude comments or even be physically aggressive with me. Um, and so I got to this point where I had to develop this sort of like 30 yard stare in or just in order to be safe, to be physically safe in New York looking like that. Um, right. And, right. It, and as a woman, it, it too. Was, and as a woman, but I'm a woman normally, but, <laughs> but, uh, right. which is, but which is dangerous enough in and of itself. Don't make the comments and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Or the, at least a different kind of, you know, it's more catcalling and less sort of aggressive. Like, it, it seemed to really offend people that, like, people would say, oh, you're so beautiful. Why did you do that to your face? You know, or like, right. they seemed to be like, offended that I was dressed in this way. Um, so anyway, so, so but eventually it became this really liberating thing, because she just consumes space in a way that I don't normally, and she doesn't give a shit. And she, you know, so I, I actually really... I loved being in her body, which sounds weird because, of course, it is my body, but it also isn't. And I really grieved not getting to be her anymore when the song was over. <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. Did it drop my call? Are you still – can you hear me? No, no. I'm still here. Oh, no. Good. Good, good, good. Yeah, my wife just texted me, and I'm like, don't shake the machine. Um, <laughs> she's saying she's a big fan. She loved the movie. Um, and she oh, understands so nice. what, you're, what you were just saying. Yeah. Apparently, oh, she's on break. Lovely. Um, yeah, <laughs> listening in. How about that? Uh, yeah, she's the best. Top aces. Yeah, I'm, I'm trained well. Anyhow. Anyhow. Well, you know, it's... It, you're absolutely right. And there was a, uh, one scene, and I, I don't want to give things away. I want people to watch this, but I, I will say this, where uh, a group uh, from this world is walking down a hillside, and somebody makes a, a comment um, of, uh, hey, you must be confused. Uh, Halloween's in October, you know? And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. when they said that, and like before we did the show, I told, you know, when, when I was a teenager and whatnot, I... I Hung out at a lot of bar, clubs and stuck to my cheeks. Then you know what I mean. It was uh, mm-hmm. that was the scene. And when that I heard that, and it was kind of just a throwaway little cut. It wasn't a big part of the plot or anything. Well, I guess it was in a way, mm-hmm. but it transported me back to you know mm. being 16 years old at the mall and getting ready to perhaps puff my chest out a little bit and. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, even my wife noticed. She's like, you just tense up. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you after you watch the movie. But yeah. Yeah. I, re- I remember yeah, it's those. really things, interesting. You know? and, I, and, and of course, that gets to the, the themes of the film itself, which is about, you know, that we, we sort of separate ourselves along these external surface level lines. And of course, at the core, we're all, we all have a lot more in common than we have different. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, it, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Now, and I, everybody, definitely pre-order this film and whatnot. I will. I'll be posting uh, in my social media after uh, direct links on on how you can do that and whatnot. Um, you have to do this. You have to support independent film. Um, that way, great new movies happen. You know, we we all. That's right. I don't mind a superhero the, movie, but I just don't want to watch them all the time. You know, I want to watch something of substance. It's true. Um, yeah. This this is a this and, is something of substance. And if I can make the pitch to your listeners, um, 
this a lot of there's sort of a feeling that the streamers uh, like Netflix have been really good for indie films and they have not been good. <laughs> they were good in the beginning and now they have basically crushed independent film because we're at this point now um, where people are subscribed to so many monthly streaming services that they actually won't even pay two ninety nine to rent a movie that that isn't already part of one of their right. packages. But what that means is that basically five corporations are deciding everything you get to watch. So, Absolutely. Um, so in order to support independent artists, you do actually have to pay $2.99 or even better than $9.99 to buy it um, to, to support stories that aren't selected by algorithms. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's the old studio system uh, regurgitated. You know, I mean, it, it really it's, it's is. It's the old studio and, system and, on steroids. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I have a friend of mine who's a filmmaker uh, out of New Orleans, and uh, he was telling me about, you know, the, the problems they were having with Amazon. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just a nightmare. It was a conversation that was worse than my musician friends have about Spotify. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Any other business, the people would be thrown in jail. Um you know, totally. And, you know, I don't, my experience of Netflix and most people's experience of Netflix these days is, you know, they're, they're really choosing content by algorithm. So mm. they, they're not paying attention to like, is this a greatly made story? Is this an important story? Um, is this a story that's going to expand people? They're, they're saying this can be completely mediocre, but if it hits X, Y, and Z algorithmic calculations, that's the movie for us. And I think we've got to, it's, it's a little bit like the, like we're in the, the height of the fast food era for media, you know, like mm-hmm. we're consuming these sort of chemically formulated stories that are, are formulated to make us never turn off Netflix, but are not, not necessarily the sort of nutritious stories that we, that used to feed us. Um, and so we do have to look elsewhere outside the streamers for those stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s this is a message from the centers for disease control and prevention older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from covid19 if you are at higher risk you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition, or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories.
accessories. The Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS. That's R-O-X-X for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool. Um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. You know, speaking of old Hollywood, and and I think that a lot of people – not in the know, uh, our next topic, um, kind of view that, uh, you know, well, this is a problem that used to happen, you know, they treated Judy Garland horribly and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, they don't realize this is an ongoing issue, and you wrote a book about it. David and I, a little TED Talk, a couple people have seen, <laughs> millions and millions, <laughs> um, about being a woman in Hollywood, uh, you know. Yeah. How was that experience, bringing that kind of thing to life, being in that business? Yeah. So uh, so this portion of my career came about <laughs> because um, I, started, I started off as an actress and, of course, experienced all the abuse and uh, humiliation that one would sort of expect to experience as an actress. So I honestly didn't. At that point, I was like, well, this is, what be, this is what everyone told me being an actress was like, so this is probably just fine. Um, but then when I became a filmmaker, um, which happened because I was so annoyed by the lack of interesting roles for women, um, that was when the penny really dropped for me on, on just how deep the sexism goes in Hollywood, as does the racism and all the other isms, um, because 
suddenly people were saying things to me like, oh, well, honey, you're going to need to get a male producer on board at some point just so that people will trust you mm. with their money. And out loud mm. in 2011. Uh, and wow. then sort of this endless refrain of, well, nobody wants to see films about women. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense because <laughs> 51% of the population is women. So you're saying we don't want to see movies about ourselves and like at least some men. I was just, I was like, that, that is an absurd statement on its face. But particularly around 2011 that, and before and even still, that was a very common refrain of people don't want to see films about women. Um, and so I began sort of mouthing off about these things that we were experiencing at Q&As when my first film, Imagine I'm Beautiful, came out and got this sort of electric response of people were, I was speaking to were as flabbergasted as I was by what I was reporting. Um, and that sort of quickly, it, and it was still pretty dangerous <laughs> to say these things out loud. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and in, and in no uncertain terms, I had people tell me, people who were higher up in the industry tell me, like, if you don't stop talking about this, you're going to destroy your chances at a career, um, which terrified me and made me really angry. And my anger, my, my anger and stubbornness and sense of justice went out. And I did keep talking about it. So I quickly got put on sort of the global speaking circuit about this as like, this woman <laughs> what's actually happening. Um, and so that did lead to a TED Talk, which then led to the opportunity to write this book, um, which came out in 2019 called The Wrong Kind of Women in, no, 2020, sorry, uh, The Wrong Kind of Women Inside Our Revolution to Dismantle the Gods of Hollywood, which uh, takes my own experiences, but then I also did over 100 interviews with women, and mostly women and some men up and down the industry and um, collated thousands and thousands of pages of research from, from other folks working on this issue and wove it all together into this sort of expose on just what, not only what it's like to be a woman in Hollywood currently, but just the pretty staggering degree to which the female perspective has been sort of systematically shut out of Hollywood since almost the beginning and continues to be. And then, um, oh, yeah. and then, uh, and then it gets into sort of what, what do we do about that and how do we, how do we find ways around, which is, you know, to return to my point about <laughs> Netflix and uh, paying money to see other films, that there's a big social justice piece to that, too, of, you know, who are the voices that, that traditional Hollywood gatekeepers keep selecting over and over again, and, and how are we going to hear these other voices except by looking outside of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I see little glimmers of, of change. Let me, you know, before... I say anything though. I, I want to say for um, any of the guy listeners out there, any of the male listeners that maybe have made the mistake that I made a long time for a long time with uh, issues of sexism. Well, I'm not sexist myself. I try not to be. And you know, that's enough. That isn't enough. Um, not only do we yeah. have to support, um, we have to get involved. You know, um, mm -hmm. if, if you see injustice happening and you do nothing, you're on the side. You're on the side of the oppressor. You know, it, it, yeah. You ain't doing anybody any favors, man. Um, but I do see and glimmers of, of, of change. You know, but it, it needs more. It needs more. You know. Yeah, it's there's sort of good news, bad news. I would say. I mean, certainly 
starting with Me Too and hashtag Oscars So White, there was there has been a a public conversation about this stuff to a degree that there hasn't hadn't been for about 20 years, um, and and possibly bigger than there ever had been before because of social media. Um, and however, I will say that there's this cyclical thing that happens, and you can chart this, and I do in my book about every. 20, 25 years within the film industry is that there's something happens. There's a huge public, suddenly everyone realizes that there are no women in film. Uh, There's a huge outcry. There's all these articles written and speeches given and the studios are sort of manically sending out press releases about like, look, we hired a woman. We fixed our woman problem. Um, And then eventually everyone gets tired of that conversation and looks away and the studios go back to the way they did it before. So, So you can chart like, the percentages of women in film dip slightly up every time this happens. And then within about five years, it slides back down. It never goes back to what it was before, but like mm. it'll go from five, it'll go from 0.05% up to 10% down to 5% and then sit at 5% for 20 years. This time we went up to 18%, but already this year it's back down to 12%. So, so we do really have to pay attention we have to on a on an ongoing basis because the studios are highly incentivized because of who the, the white dudes running them. They they are not in, they're not actually interested in this power structure of changing, and they you know right. it's not like they didn't know before that this was the case and like oh now they know and now they're going to fix it like no 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 they they knew what was happening before and they they would still like to be in power and have the money and all the things, um, and so we have to hold them accountable and hold their feet to their fire for an extended period of time so that, you know, it doesn't just backslide again. And of course, even 18% is nowhere close to the 51% of the actual population that are women. So it's something that we have to keep pushing for. And the other thing I'll just caution people on is the thing they, they move the fastest to change because it's the most visible is on-screen representation so people have this right. feeling of change having happened because you do see more um, women in leading roles. You do see more people of color in leading roles. Like you, you see more complex female characters. However, the percentages behind the camera, so writers, directors, producers, cinematographers, editors, have changed far, far less. So you're seeing different mm. stories, but almost exclusively still through the white male gaze, which I would argue is the bigger problem. Um, so just pay attention to that too, you know, not just who are you seeing on screen, but who, whose perspective is it coming from? Um, and is that really broadening our understanding of the human experience or is it just um, the same uh, white dudes telling us, get, shutting their perspective on more people's stories? Absolutely. Absolutely. And just like we were talking with the, the you know, supporting independent film and whatnot with your dollars, um, the same thing goes, let me tell you folks, you know, I've hung out with a couple rich people here and there, uh, you know, just uh, the nature of my work and whatnot. Um, one of the things they really dislike, not being rich anymore. Uh, your dollars <laughs> speak multitude. Right. <laughs> you know, watch those absolutely. credits. Uh, Naomi's absolutely right. When you, you know, they ain't just something, you know, don't just click next episode or whatever on whatever streaming and we all know what I'm talking about. Um, watch the credits and whatnot. Look who – it isn't just the, per, the person acting and whatever you're watching. Man, there's a whole crew, a big crew behind the scenes that make that happen. And, you know, be aware of that. 
and, and support with your dollars what you want to support, you know, be an agent of change. Uh, yeah. Extend it, you know, keep at it. We actually, they actually put together a site to help people with this because they're like, how do I find these homes by women? So we actually put together a site called uh, moviesbyher.com. So if you want just a simple searchable database to find films by female directors, that is available to you on the Internet. Nice, nice. I'll be posting a direct link to that as well, ladies and gentlemen. So it's easy for you to get to on your phones or screens or whatever uh, you do. Uh, that's, that's very cool. How cool is I love with the Internet when tools like that happen and when it works the way it's supposed to. You know, it's just uh, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, you obviously have just a ton of free time, you know, uh, putting out books and movies <laughs> and whatnot during a global pandemic. Um, uh, I'm seeing on your website you live in Idaho, of all places. <laughs> Amazing. So much free time. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. All of these things, ladies and gentlemen, sound like a lot of work because they probably are. Uh, are the gears turning for your next project? Oh, yeah. Um so we have set, we just set shoot dates for my third feature film uh, for March of 2023. Oh. It's called Hammond Castle, and it is a magical realism piece about a seven-month pregnant woman who gets locked overnight in a castle full of famous ghosts. Really? <laughs> that's, yeah. something I, that's a pitch I have not heard before. I don't want to see it. Look, I'm nothing if not Finally. a little, okay? <laughs> That's amazing! Wow! If I was a millionaire, yep. sign me up for producing. Um, I'm not. <laughs> Wish I was. That's too bad uh, <laughs> for both of us. I know. I'd be a, a, a gazillionaire after that. That's I'm telling you. That sounds like <laughs> that was a horse. I would bet on it. That sounds like a good idea to me. Um, you know, what can I say? Hey, but maybe a millionaire's listening, and uh, you know, they they want to put yeah. some money to work, so. Get a hold of Naomi. She'll make that Which happen. you can do through my website um, for all those millionaires listening. That's We can only hope. We can only hope. Um, <laughs> hey, I, speaking of the pandemic, I hope your tribe, all your people and everything, uh, weathered the storm okay um, and, and everything. How did you deal? Because you got all this stuff happening. Yeah. Um, well, uh, from a health perspective, um, a lot of my family has had COVID, including me. I, I've actually had it twice. I got it at the begin, beginning of the pandemic and then caught it again oh, right when Omicron was starting. What a um, but but we've all been we've all been very blessed to to get through it. Okay. Um, Good. Yeah, Good. I mean, from a from a it's it's been it's been the best of times and the worst of times i think <laughs> you know it really has i think there's obviously so much pain and death and suffering that's happened um and alongside of that i think are really useful for me and i think a lot of people reckoning with sort of like look at your life look at your choices what you know like uh right yeah life is it's short. been a, it's a, a, an unusual moment to get to get to get quiet and um you know i i normally am flying all over the planet giving talks and everything and to be you know to have the the privilege of getting to work from home during that time but also being stuck at home then um allowed me to 
to, to really sit with myself and with um, these big questions. And I, I wrote my second book during that time. And um, awesome. yeah, it's, it's been, it's been transformational in, in, in great ways alongside the pain and in some ways because of the pain, I think. That's amazing. Very inspiring. Very inspiring. One thing, Naomi, about you and, and, and us talking here that, that I've gleaned a little bit, um, and, and I think correctly, is uh, a trait that you have that I'm always so impressed when, when I come across people that, uh, that have that, share that trait. You like to turn things into rocket fuel. Um, you know, <laughs> things happen and you're like, okay. Watch out. Yeah. Here we go. You know, and yeah. other people, you know, throw their hands up in the air and say, oh, my gosh, why is this happening? You know, uh, there probably is a little bit of that, but it doesn't last long, obviously. You know, you get things done. Very impressive. Yeah. Thank you. We should all strive to have a little bit of that in our life, you know, <laughs> seriously. Well, very, very cool. Well, you know. Uh, break a you, you already know this this movie. I, I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. This, this movie's fantastic. Um, I, I'm my my wife's ordered your book, um, so I'm Yay. going to read that as well when it comes into our house. Oh yeah, man! I was I was telling her all about you. Um, you know, we were talking one night over dinner, and um, <laughs> after I said, you know that movie we watched, and you know, it was a conversation all about Naomi. What can I? Say? Anyway. Um, <laughs> You know, it's just very inspiring. Uh, but yeah, so I can't wait to read that yeah. and whatnot, and um, and get the the second book and, and everything. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I know you. you are a busy lady and have a lot going on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not telling you any secrets. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome at it. Thank you. You know, this obviously is what you need to be doing. Um, amazing. Thank you. Amazing. I really, yeah, really yeah. appreciate that. And thank you so much for your kind words about the film and having me on and your your support. Oh, I really anytime. appreciate it. Anytime. Um well and I know I know you got a bunch more of these to do. Fun fun talking on the phone. You feel like a teenager, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a teenager? No, not at all. Am I? I oh, great. Um well very, very <laughs> cool. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. To be on the show. I Thank really you. appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed the conversation very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us today. But, man, what a cool guest. What a cool guest. This episode, of course, will be uh, converted to a podcast. We're going to push that on all the podcasting platforms. We're on close to 500 of them now. Uh, so if you are listening to the podcast in the future, you know, on Spotify or whatever, however you listen to it, iHeartRadio, or on them all, um, hello from the past. Do me a quick favor, though. Uh, you know, click on those links and whatnot. We have all kinds of links, uh, and they follow the podcast, however you're listening to it. We've got, uh, the, you know, uh, all for the film and, and everything, the YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. We will be adding um, Naomi's uh, personal website and whatnot here in about 10 minutes. Uh, so that will be up, up there as well. Uh, also, when you watch an independent film, I know a lot of you guys are going to watch it on a laptop screen or something. I get it. I don't. Man, just download the apps for your Roku. Everybody, let's watch it on a big screen. Um, however you watch it, uh, they always have a place you can leave a comment and whatnot. 
leave a comment. You don't have to put a doctoral thesis or anything down. Just tell us what you thought about it. You know, tell us, the audience, people that might see that. It, it helps the, uh, you know, we were talking about algorithms and whatnot. It helps shake the pinball machine a little bit. And, uh, and, and, and things get noticed a, a little more. Uh, engagement goes up. And there's a word from the business, engagement. Um, but, yeah, do that. And support independent film, man. It's very, very important. Keeps me in a job doing this podcast. Uh, it's amazing. So that's, uh, you know, that's it. My other thing that uh, I'll close the show out with, it's still a weird world, everybody. Be nice when you're out to people. Don't go off at the girl, you know, the guy at CBS. They are not sitting down making corporate policy. I, I don't care what your viewpoint is, whatever. Um, float your boat. Just be kind and nice. And if you don't got anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. How about that? All of our grandmothers were correct. Okay, folks, we will be back Monday. Have a good one, and we will see you next time. Bye. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks at Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.